And then I just really think it's important to figure out who you're around because some people, I don't know that you can't overshare with some people as long as you're on the same page and you have the same intentions with your vulnerability. I don't know other than I just rest. I try to recover and I try to live better from there. I, I try to learn from my mistakes and, and I try to be better. And I think that one of the ways we grow from our mistakes is by owning them. And I think that takes courage. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself, and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. How do you handle being vulnerable and having courageous conversations with people who demonize you after? Oh my goodness. What a question. What a powerful question. That's a vulnerable question right there. Yeah, it is. Go ahead, Jeff. That's the risk. Um, I, I don't know if I have a good answer for this. I think that... I think it's a risk every single time. And there's so many layers to this. When you have a, a vulnerable share with someone, people say, well, well, don't judge me. But it's like, honestly, information changes the way we see things. So when Kevin found out that hot air balloons are the safest form of air travel, he looks at hot air balloons differently. I think we presuppose that if people knew the truth, they would look at us worse. And maybe that's not true, but it might be as well. And I think that it's worth the risk. I can't sit here and pretend that being vulnerable is easy. I can't sit here and pretend that some people won't ridicule you or judge you. But I can tell you that living a life without courage and vulnerability was a, was a mistake that I made for a time. And after that car accident at 26, and for those of you who don't know, um, that was one of my biggest regrets. The, the, the regret that Bronnie Ware talks about in her book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, one of them is, I wish I had the courage to express my true feelings. That's one of the top five regrets of the dying. She worked with the terminally ill for eight years, and she found a common, I wish, I wish, I wish, a common regret. I wish I had lived a life true to myself and not what others expected of me, aka fear of judgment. And then I wish I had the courage to express my true feelings. And so I can't promise that it's not going to be hard. I know that it will be. I know it is for me. Um, I've had some coaching calls recently that like I had to an emotional hangover from, but I feel better after and you have to trust that it's worth it because the alternative is stay small, stay quiet, suppress your truth, you know, not be authentic, not face your fears, not, not look at the imperfections that we all share. Um, and, and, and that's what I would say. How do I get over it? I would say I, I don't know other than I just rest, I try to recover, and I try to live better from there. I, I try to learn from my mistakes, and, and I try to be better. And I think that one of the ways we grow from our mistakes is by owning them, and I think that takes courage. I think it depends on why you're being, I don't know if that was the villainized aim, I don't know what it, well, ridiculed, ridiculed was the word. 
I think it's an interesting understanding. And Alan, we talked about this in our live podcast version or segment, but it takes two. Vulnerability requires two people. And what I've seen is oftentimes if somebody does not feel comfortable being vulnerable with you, they might go and ego up and then ridicule you on that. So that's an interesting thing is maybe it's not the right dance partner. It doesn't mean that you're bad at being vulnerable. It doesn't mean that you being vulnerable is not valuable. Maybe it's just not the right dance partner. Not everybody is the right person to be vulnerable with. So they might have their own stuff going on. It might make them feel a certain way, or maybe they're not able to reciprocate the vulnerability. So they have to make you feel bad and put you down about it or because of it. That's what I would say. It's hard, Alan. Like, if you don't know what to do, it might not be like, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. So think of episode 1000. You and I were bawling our eyes out. But if one of us wasn't able to cry with the other one, that might have changed the dynamic. We might have gotten off and you, you know, maybe you would have said, Kev, you look like an idiot there. Like, what are you doing? Now, you would never do that, obviously. But somebody who doesn't have the ability to be vulnerable might have. Right. And I think, I, would say. I think some people end up using vulnerability against us, especially when we're kids. That yeah. was kind of the point, like, you know, whether it's asking a dumb question or whatever, I think that some people do, and that's the truth. Some people will villainize you. Mm-hmm. Some people will ridicule you. Some people will criticize you, talk behind your back. That is inevitable. The only way that that never happens is if you stay, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. That's a great Aristotle quote. If you, if you want to never be judged or criticized, you need to say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. And it's worth the risk. You just got to, but I also will say this, be selective with vulnerability. Be, I don't want your emotional well-being. If you put yourself out there to the whole world and you can't emotionally handle the repercussions of that, that can be really detrimental to your mental health. So make sure that you start small, start with a therapist. Start with someone you trust, start with a close friend and then build from there. I'm not saying to cry on a podcast in front of, you know, thousands of people yet. Seriously, probably don't start there. Um, but start small and build. That's that's the advice. Where's the boundary between being vulnerable and oversharing? Ooh, I would say it's contextual. So number one, it's contextual. I would say it depends on the people that you're surrounding yourself with. If it's an open wound versus a scar, there's a big difference in the way you're going to share it. But the the last thing I would say is it depends on why you want to share more. I think we're in this interesting time where a lot of people want to be very, very vulnerable because they understand that vulnerable is valuable and it helps them to connect with people. So you have to ask yourself, okay, why do I want to be as vulnerable as I want to be? Am I looking for significance? Am I looking for support? Am I looking for people to feel bad for me? That's a very, very important question to ask. Am I looking to feel part of something? Am I looking to find community? I think the reason you do it really helps dictate if it's just vulnerability or oversharing. And then I just really think it's important to figure out who you're around. Because some people, I don't know that you can't overshare with some people. As long as you're on the same page and you have the same intentions with your vulnerability. Uh, well said, Kev. I don't know if I have a much, much to add to that. What I would say, if I had to say anything, it would just be reiterating, not only be selective with who, 
be intentional. Be intentional with who and and how much. And be start small and build because it's like the gym. If you squat 500 pounds your first time, you're going to break your legs. Don't do that. That's really, really not good. You'll get injured. I don't want people getting emotionally injured because they share too much um, or with the wrong person who's going to use it against them. And I really think that that's a lot of why we build these egos, these alter egos or these this armor uh, is because usually we did get vulnerable as kids or maybe we were actually vulnerable um, and we got really hurt. And so we don't want to do that again subconsciously. So, And, and then the last thing I'll say about this is, uh, and this is totally off topic, but somewhat relevant. Kevin and I had someone on named Samantha Skelly and we were on a mastermind and it's episode 402 and Samantha Skelly does breath work and she took us through a breath, breath work exercise with 23 people in the room and 22 of which I'm pretty sure were crying. Mm. And it was really, really healing for me. And so if anyone is out there struggling with, they feel like they struggle to be vulnerable or they, they haven't been able to break into their own heart, so to speak, or melt the ice around it, breath work has been deeply, deeply healing for me in a way that meditation never did it. Um, and so I just wanted to mention that. Is it possible to fully live in truth if you feel like you're not self-aware or in a transition to discover greater self-awareness? I think I need that one more time. Please. Is it possible to live fully in truth if you feel like you are not self-aware or in a transition to discover greater self-awareness? I would say all of life, and this might sound fortune cookie-esque, all of life is a pursuit of truth, I believe. Um, and what I mean by that is learning yourself at a more accurate level, learning the world and how it works at a more accurate level, uh, learning how, how people perceive you more accurately. This, ever since 26, it's been seven and a half years, ever since the Hyperconscious Podcast's fruition, it's been five years, a little more than five years, We've constantly been contemplating ourselves, the universe, the world, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. This whole podcast journey, all 100,050 uh, episodes, has been contemplating self-awareness and awareness of how the world works. And the reason why is to seek truth. I mean, today, Kevin and I had some deep talks behind the scenes trying to figure out what the difference between self-worth and self-belief are and what our self-worth really is versus what we thought it was, and how do you actually build it. And this week's contemplation is going to be next week's episodes. But to answer the original question, I would say always you should be seeking truth. Try to be as proactive as you can with it. You don't know what you don't know, but you can always learn more. And it's a it's a never ending game. It's an it's an infinite game. It's a it's a never ending pursuit. There, you're never going to reach a point where it's like, you know, I know all the things. Um, and I think it's important to to realize that you can always learn more, and you can always learn more about yourself and the world. And I think that that's a forever pursuit pursuit of knowledge, pursuit of experience, pursuit of awareness, pursuit of wisdom. And that's certainly the journey we're on. And and the more you understand about yourself and the world, the more you're, you'll flourish within it. The more, you, you know, if you understand how cars work, you don't freak out when your car breaks down, you just fix it. And I think life is a lot like that, really. Really?
Hey guys, it's Alex Ramos and I am happy that I was in group coaching for a second time. Um, it definitely helps to have accountability and all of that good stuff. Um, I feel like I am constantly going up and down and everything, but you know, it's always good to have someone message on WhatsApp and then a reminder, hey, get back on it. So it was, it was good. Um, I definitely got a lot of good information that I'm going to continue learning because I am a little backed up, but I'm happy that I invested in this because it was investing in me and even better, I get to meet people that are doing the same exact thing to help themselves. And I need friends and close people around me like that, you know? So yeah, I really appreciated being in group coaching because of the accountability and because of being people. I would second what Alan said. I don't, at the end of the day, you become self-aware and then you become world aware and then the world aware help, uh, the world awareness helps you become more self-aware. And it's kind of that never ending process. And the interesting thing about self-awareness is it requires courage and vulnerability because you're looking in mirrors that maybe you don't want to look at, you know, where am I letting myself down? Okay. Uh, what am I really good at? What am I not really good at? All of that self-awareness requires a pretty high level of vulnerability and courage. But I would say what Alan said, I think you can only be as clear as you are aware. You can only be as, I don't want to say brave as you are aware because that depends, but yeah, I would second what Alan said. It's very, it's very, very important to understand that self-awareness goes into the world and then world awareness pulls back into you and then everything gets a little bit more clear and then vulnerability gets a little bit more clear. Courage gets a little bit more clear. Self-awareness is a superpower. Well said, Kev. Hey, thank you. My protector holds me back from being vulnerable around others who I'm not as comfortable with. How do I help my protector come down to express vulnerability? This is a, this is teed up for, this is an Alan Lazarus question right here. Appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we all have protectors and they come in multiple forms. And how do you allow your protector to come down? What I think is really interesting is you can't just like command it to come down. It's, it's a subconscious thing, right? And, and what a protector is essentially is your, your alter ego and it's protecting you from the truth or protecting you from ridicule or protecting you from danger. So the way if you saw a grizzly bear in the woods, you'd have to like cover up and protect your brain and your torso. It's kind of like that, but metaphysical. And so th there's a lot of different forms of ego. Some people are always joking about everything, even though it's serious. That's a very common one, like jokesters and comedians. Like if they're really overweight and insecure about their body, they'll just joke about it rather than actually change it. And again, I'm, I have compassion for that. Um, so you, you almost have to peel the onion, so to speak, and, and learn yourself and then practice and be proactive and then try to slowly and surely do something a little outside your comfort zone and then go heal from it and then do something a little bit more outside your comfort zone and then heal from it. And then maybe you get ridiculed and you take a couple steps back and then you go heal and then you do it again. So again, I know I use this analogy often. If you bench press every single day and you're way outside your comfort zone and bench press, but you never take any time to heal, your muscle's not going to grow bigger. It's actually going to degrade. 
And so you have to make sure you have rest and recovery in between these reps. And it, it really is a, a self-awareness journey. Um, and, and you can identify your parts. So, so your protectors, you can figure out what your protectors are. So I have one client, I'll keep it anonymous always, but like the jokester is one of their parts. Like everything's a joke. And when we're on the phone, it's like, listen, this is serious. Like this is a serious game. This, this life thing, you're not going to get another chance. Right. And so let's put down the bull crapper. Let's, let's put down the, the jokester. Um, and that's actually the hardest part of coaching, by the way, breaking through people's armor and getting them to feel comfortable enough to share the truth with you so you can actually help them. Usually we all have a lot of armor around our wounds and you can't solve something you don't own and you can't own it if there's too much walls up and you can't let me in if I, if, if you can't feel safe with me. And usually this is the very last thing I'll say. The level of vulnerability is usually congruent with the psychological safety in the relationship. So like Amy, for example, you've been my assistant for many, many years. We've known each other for five years now. You feel way more safe to tell me your truths than you did in the very beginning. And after I shared some of the vulnerable parts of my past, you shared more with me and it was a symbiotic relationship. And so you have to build the relationship through consistent effort and intentionality. I would say this. I would say our protectors are old friends. We were talking today on this or on the live podcast version of this, how sometimes when I'm uncomfortable, I either smile or laugh as I'm doing right now. And if I think back, where did that come from? Well, I remember we, I had a buddy in middle school. I think we did this in high school too. We used to like, we used to sneak a bouncy ball into a classroom and we would just like hammer it off the wall and just let it go nuts. I remember. We used to to throw erasers too, like little erasers around and, and yeah. We weren't the nicest people necessarily, but I remember if we ever got close to getting caught, it was kind of a dead giveaway because I would be laughing my butt off so hard <laughs> because I was so afraid of getting caught, but I couldn't stop myself from laughing. And if I if I run that back to my childhood, I'm sure that came from me not wanting people to know I was afraid or not wanting to pe- uh, people to know I was hurt or just fear. It, that was probably the way I dealt with fear and uncertainty. And that's something that continued throughout my entire life. I still have it because I still laugh and I'm pretty funny. If Alan and I were in a comedy show, I'd like to think I would win. Oh yeah, for sure. I'd like to think so. For sure. So that, that it serves me now to a degree, but you have to go back to the inception of it. Where did it come from? It's very hard to get rid of something if you don't know where it came from. So that, that initial awareness I think is super important. Anything you want to add quickly, Alan, in the last five seconds you have? You sensed it. You could tell. I, I do have one know. last thing. You do. You do always know. I appreciate it. One last thing. Uh, everyone think of a target. The center of this target is who you really are. Okay? That's the nucleus of who you really are, the Earth's core. Okay? That is the version of you that is imperfect and raw and real and alone and in solitude. There's multiple layers. The next layer is who you want to believe you are. And then there's another layer, which is who you want others to believe you are. When you start to understand those layers, you can eventually make all the circles the same. And I think that's the pursuit I'm personally on. I want all mine to be the same. Now, obviously, that's a never-ending journey, right? I have a collared shirt. I've got a nice background. You know, I didn't show up unshowered. And obviously, I want to look good. But it's important to understand that, (laughs) here's the best analogy. When your in-laws are coming over or your, 
your girlfriend's family or your boyfriend's family, all of a sudden you clean the house, right? Everyone knows this. Before your wedding, you lose weight. Before before you're going to be on a podcast, you go get a haircut, most likely. Not Kev. me. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> you wear a hat because you need a haircut, right? We all want to look good in front of other people. It's just important to understand and be playful with that part of you. Kevin and I are always making fun of ourselves and joking. We're not doing it in a self-deprecating way. We're doing it because we're playful with our ego. We always flex just jokingly and stuff like that. We're just being playful. The only reason why it's not tingy when we flex is because everyone knows we're messing around. Or it might right? be and we just don't realize that people hate us. That's possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is possible. No, it's possible for you. I do realize it's <laughs> tingy for some people, but I do it anyway because I think we're playful with it. And it, it, you can be playful with your ego because everyone has one. It's the people who pretend they don't that are in a lot of trouble. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you right now, Burger King's in a lot of trouble because that's where I'm headed after this live podcast. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm Sounds saying? good. Next level nation. One of the most vulnerable things we do is we host events and we get out of our comfort zones fairly often. If you did not have the opportunity to come to Next Level Live, which was in March, we have it fully packaged on our website. It is a purchasable, is that a word? Purchasable course. It has my speech, Alan's speech, Dr. Tyron's speech, Tori Aletto's speech, and the Q&A as well. So if you were not able to attend live, we have it as an online course. It is $47, a rare bargain, a bargain at twice the price, some would say. Not bad. Uh, we also have a challenge. You may know this. You might have seen it come through the Instagram story or the Facebook story. It's called hashtag next level nine. We did for episode number 999, we celebrated by adding more to our plate. <laughs> no. So this community is about accountability and consistency and goals and dreams. Holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. Heart-driven, but no BS. The hashtag Next Level 9 challenge is three habits under health, three habits under wealth, three habits under love. The Next Level 9 for episode 999. Uh, Amy has put the link in the comments if you're watching live. And Ron will put the link in the show notes if you're not watching live. So thank you, Ron and Amy. Uh, the hashtag Next Level 9 Challenge. If you tag Kevin or myself on Instagram or Facebook, we will reshare your story post. Join us for the Next Level 9. The biggest difference between the person you are today and the person you want to be is your habits. So if you adopt those mm -hmm. nine habits, who knows what your life can look like in a year, two years, five years. I mean, we'll say a couple months, a year, two years, because five years is a long time to to put out there next level nation as always we love you we appreciate you grateful for each and every one of you alan i'm grateful for you aim i am grateful for you and as always at nlu we do not have fans we have family we will talk to you all tomorrow please reach out bye Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family, so make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid, and Alan is at Alazarus88. Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes, and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.